Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is Dialogue. Hello and welcome to Dialogue. It's only been one month since the Japanese government began discharging nuclear contaminated water from the Fukushima power plant into the Pacific Ocean, an action that has received much opposition and contamination from many countries, and a scandal has already been reported. Workers at a demolition site apparently stole potentially radioactive scrap metal and sold it, which violates the process of dealing with contaminated waste. How much do we know about the latest incident? What are the potential consequences if the scrap metal is contaminated? And what has been the impact so far of Japan's move to pump the contaminated water into the ocean? Earlier, I spoke with Herman Tio Laura, president of the Asian Century Philippines Strategic Studies Institute, and Professor Jia Yu Bai from the Law School of Nankai University. That's our topic. I'm Xu Qingdo. Welcome to Dialogue, uh, Mr. Laura. Uh, we know the Japanese government uh, has reported uh, that workers at the demolition site near the Fukushima nuclear power plant took and sold iron scraps possibly contaminated with uh, radioactive materials. So you can't help but ask, you know, what is the proper process for dealing with potentially contaminated materials at a site which is not far away from the Fukushima uh, plant? Well, this is certainly uh, a worrying news. It's a new uh, new information that I'm getting as a member of the global public uh, uh, watching uh, and monitoring these developments on the uh, Fukushima nuclear contaminated water disposal. We thought before it was just the water. Now uh, we're finding out there are more things to worry about. And uh, for me, that reflects on the many problems the world has had with the irresponsibility of the TEPCO and the Japanese government in handling this uh, nuclear, nuclear power plant crisis and issue. Mm -hmm. When this uh, metal, uh, scrap metals uh, you know, transferred from one hand to another, obviously there's a worry that uh, you know, people who touched or who got close with this scrap metal could be sick, for example, uh, because of this uh, radioactive uh, materials. Is that the worry here? Well, certainly uh, it's a worry for, for them in particular because they're the ones who are uh, in close proximity to, to all these uh, uh, affected materials. Uh, but uh, eventually uh, this uh, will also affect uh, many other people outside of Japan. Where That's what we I am concerned about. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, maybe more thorough investigation of, of this should be done by the international community and not just be left to the to the Japanese authorities because you know, this report coming at this late date is not uh, a good sign. Uh, you mentioned about the Japanese government. Of course, you know, people will ask the question, if there's a proper process, if there's enough warning, uh, for example, at the demolition site, the workers will be fully aware of the potential dangers. They will not do that kind of, uh, you know, conduct that kind of behavior, like stealing some scrap metal and then uh, sold the metal to somebody else because it's potentially dangerous. So it seems that there's a lack of proper measures or lack of awareness 
on the side or from the government. Uh, so is that the reason probably we should be concerned? Well, I have uh, been following also the Japanese discussion on the Fukushima disaster all the way to the present. And uh, there are many complaints from the Japanese public. Uh, in fact, even during the crisis itself, there was a lot of uh, dubious uh, decisions by the TEPCO uh, authorities, which even the Japanese government uh, authorities had problems with. So uh, there's something seriously wrong in how they're running that giant, giant uh, energy corporation. And it reflects on its relationship with the government and the government's uh, sense of insecurity with regards to this profit-seeking uh, giant energy company of the of Japan. Uh, maybe something has to be done about that. Uh, Mr. Laro, what's your top concern about uh, the Japanese side, I would say, after this uh, like treatment of the water, uh, there's uh, little or less or you know, very little pollution, let's say, uh, radioactive material, they say, uh, and then uh, when they are put into the ocean, uh, it's almost uh, even lower than the normal level. So it's safe to the public. Uh, do you buy that or do people think that's safe? Well, we have been reviewing all the voluminous materials on the internet uh, about these issues. We've heard the experts on the Japanese side trying to reassure the public. But in almost all the reports, there is always that caveat. But some researchers are not sure it will be sufficient to mitigate the risk. So there are experts uh, and researchers uh, who add their voices to the doubtful or to the doubt that they have over the completeness of the uh, uh, cleaning process, of the studies, of the examination. And of course, uh, we are not able to judge the situation in this early stage because this will be going on for many, many years and uh, millions of tons of it will be dis, uh, di dispersed uh, over the years. We're just hoping that in the middle of this next few months and uh, weeks uh, that uh, something we can raise can, can really uh, put a stop to this and, and it be, can be reviewed by the Japanese government. So pressure is, of course, part of that. Uh, but uh, the Philippines and our, our own opposition to it uh, is, a, is a not that sufficient yet that is why I hope other countries like do like uh, what China has done, take a very same firm position and take economic action that may pressure the Japanese government. Uh, well, of course, right now it probably is too early to say you know, whether the, uh, the the water or the seafood is completely safe uh, for now because uh, you know the, it's still in the beginning uh, of the uh, some a thirty-year-long process. Uh, there is a concern, you know, for scientists, uh, for example, from the U.S., their concern is like uh, there could be accumulation, you know, bioaccumulation of those, uh, let's say, harmful materials, um, you know, many, many uh, years later, that could be really harmful to human beings, to the seafood. So if, let's say, the high levels of radioactivity, uh, say, uh, is discovered in a later stage, is there any way, any means for the government, for the public to file say, a lawsuit or to ask for financial competition or penalty uh, against the Japanese yes. side? Yes, of course, I think uh, if uh, the, uh, such uh, evidence uh, arises, uh, lawsuits can be filed, uh, uh, financial damages can be uh, imposed, but what does it do to, what the, how does it help to do that if the water is already infected by, by radioactivity? We cannot just reverse that. Uh, the ocean is uh, so huge. Uh, it's an impossible task. So that uh, is what I think we should be preventing 
to have even the possibility of something like that uh, uh, occurring. So far, the only solution is to stop it. Uh, we have to stop it and we have to persuade uh, everybody in with a stake in this to push the Japanese government to store it as they have been storing this um, contaminated water for the past 10 years. Why not another 10 years? It's only money. If it's profit there, they have a problem with that, then, well, we can always help them solve it if they are too stingy to spend on the safety of the world. So, and I have heard the experts on their side say that even con uh, more containers, uh, huge containers for for this contaminated water may not help because there may be earthquakes, but there are earthquake proofs contain containment um, methods and uh, and vessels. Uh, I think TEPCO just does not want to spend even an additional uh, yen uh, to ensure safety of everyone, safety of the ocean, uh, in, with the safe, very safe methods of storing further uh, emissions of radioactive, uh, radio contaminated, radioactive contaminated uh, wastewater. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah, you, you mentioned a very in, you know I, I think interesting point here. It's really also it's about the attitudes of how we treat the ocean. The ocean is the like the common like the uh, common area. You know that's what we have for the surrounding countries. Uh, it's not uh, you know, does not belong to Japan. Let's say and uh, that's right. It, 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 it's yeah. not a dump site. It's something you don't want. Something polluted. Something there's a, you know dangerous materials like uh, you know radioactive materials, and then you throw them somehow into the ocean. That's not the right way to deal with uh, the problem, right? Yes. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that um, point, you know, that concept of the common uh, areas uh, and uh, things of common interest, uh, of common stake of, of the entire world. This is not a decision that only the Japanese government and TEPCO should be taking. It should be a decision that all of humanity should be working together on. And again, uh, we have to condemn IAEA for it's not, neither here nor there a decision which... Uh, they should be taking in behalf of the interests of the world and not of the Japanese government or, or TEPCO, which is what uh, the impression being given by the IAE's wishy-washy positioning. So where do we turn to? Some governments like China have been doing all it can to try to stop this. Maybe the United Nations. I know the uh, Pacific Islands are also appealing for action on this. Uh, in the Philippines, we are aware that in a few months, this... Uh, radioactive or radio uh, contaminated uh, water will be reaching circulation here in the South China Sea. So we're very concerned. Mm -hmm. So these common areas, I think, uh, should be uh, decided upon by all the nations of the world. I don't know how we're going to do it with the UN and with our government not acting like it should. Uh, we don't know where to turn to. Maybe this can be brought to the United Nations by the Chinese government, which is taking leadership on this matter. Well, Mr. Laura, speak of that, you know, uh, if you take a look at the Western nations, uh, in particular here, like the United States, Australia, uh, you know, uh, who are directly, of course, uh, connected to the ocean here. And then uh, if you look at their official attitudes, you know, they, they choose to look the other way at the Japanese move. And uh, you know, more than that, uh, if you look at the U.S. embassy or Australian embassy in Japan, for example, uh, they have made an extra effort to show that uh, they are not concerned at all about this uh, nuclear contaminated water release into the ocean. What do you make of that? And why they are well, doing I that? 
Yeah. Well, I can see. I, I can. I think we can all see the rest of the world uh, outside of the Western powers. Uh, can see the um, lackadaisical attitude of the uh, American government, which is leading the West uh, on this matter to the welfare of the world. Uh, it seems to reflect on everything else that they're doing. Uh, and um, my uh, perception is that uh, they are damning the entire world because they're losing control of it anyway. That, but I, I, I know, and I, we've been following the news in the uh, West Coast uh, of, the, of the United States, where many of the NGOs, many of the uh, experts, uh, environmentalists are protesting against this. But uh, the Americans seems to have, uh, want, uh, seems, to, seems to have politicized this uh, as a Cold War matter. Uh, and that's very unfortunate. And again, that is why we have to keep uh, educating our own people and the, third, uh, the global South on uh, why we have to uh, balance off the power of the Western nations uh, on these matters of common interest of the whole world. You mentioned about you know, a politicization of this matter. Uh, so are you referring to that uh, you know, somehow they prioritize politics or geopolitics in this case you know, for their new Cold War uh, more yes, than the life or safety for their own people or the public interests in this region? Definitely. I think uh, that is what uh, we are able to see from these actions of the Western uh, powers uh, on this matter and the uh, allies, so-called allies of the United States, like the Philippines right now, which is very unfortunate and very uh, going to be very disastrous for, the, for mankind, for humanity. Well, thank you, Mr. Laura. Thank you for your time and insights. Ideas matter. Ideas matter. This is Dialogue. Welcome to Dialogue, uh, Professor Bai. There has been a lot of discussion surrounding the science or the lack of it uh, that led to the decision to discharge this nuclear contaminant water into the ocean. But from a legal perspective, how do you assess the legitimacy of this decision made by the Japanese government? You know, the water will travel outward and affect uh, many countries uh, surrounding the uh, Pacific. Will this decision be legal? Uh, as it's, uh, you know, it's a unilateral decision? Well, thank you. Thank you for taking me on the show and thank you for the question. The Japan's discharge of the nuclear contaminated water is an illegal act. And we can analyze the illegality of Japan's discharge of nuclear contaminated water into the sea from the following legal perspectives, including the international treaties, as well as the customary international law and general principles. Japan is a party to the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. We usually call it the UNCLOS. The convention requires the state parties to take all necessary measures to prevent the transboundary pollution to refrain from transferring or transforming damage or hazards from one type of pollution to another, and to minimize the discharge of toxic and hazardous health substances into the marine environment to the maximum extent practicable. So Japan transfers nuclear with the water containing radioactive substances from its domestic waters, which will move to the high seas and the judicial waters of other states. So Japan's discharge of the nuclear contaminated water into the sea is kind of violation of the UNCLOS. And also Japan is a state party to the Convention of Nuclear Safety. The convention requires state parties with jurisdiction over nuclear facility to assume responsibility for nuclear safety and to implement plans 
to decommission a nuclear facility as soon as reasonably practical, if no reasonably practical improvements can be made to enhance the safety of the facility. So Japan has transferred the issue of nuclear safety to the world by discharging nuclear contaminated waters with radioactive substances into the sea, which is a violation of its assumption of responsibility. And also Japan is a party to the Convention on Early Notification of the Nuclear Accident. The convention applies to transboundary international discharges and any decision by Japan on the discharge of Fukushima nuclear contaminated water into the sea should be based on cooperation with neighboring countries. However, Japan's option of discharging into the sea is not the most practical method at the disposal of the government of Japan and would allow nuclear contaminated water to flow with seawater to other countries, indirectly transferring the danger from Japanese territory to other countries. And also we can consider this question uh, from the perspective of the customary international law and the general principles of laws. The Japan's discharge of nuclear waste water into the sea carries the risk of causing great harm to humankind as a whole, as well as to the marine environment. In this regard, Japan may incur corresponding liability including cessation of the violation, non-repetition, and compensation. At the same time, Japan's discharge of nuclear waste water into the sea also violates the general legal principles of international law, such as the principle of precautionary duty of care and the responsibility not to cause environmental damage, international cooperation, broader pace, and the responsibility of state for the compensation, etc. Well, you mentioned this uh, existing international uh, laws or convention of the sea or environment uh, uh, because, you know, this incident is unprecedented. So it is the first time we have a, such a worst uh, you know, situation. So I wonder, you know, is there any specific law on such practice, on such incident? Or is there a principle, you know, people generally follow, you know, which is agreed upon by all parties involved? Well, uh, when we talk about the principles accepted, accepted by all sides, actually the relevant principles I have already mentioned, which include the principle of precautionary, the duty of care, and the responsibility not to cause environmental damage. So far as the principle of precautionary is considered, which means that in order to protect the environment, states should apply precautionary measures broadly in accordance with their capabilities. And as to the duty of care, it requires a state to take the necessary measures to ensure that acts under its jurisdiction or control do not cause serious harm to the interests of other states or of the international community, and also the responsibility not to cause environmental damage principle ask states to have the responsibility to ensure that activities within their jurisdiction or control do not cause harm to the environment of other states or of areas not under their jurisdiction. And also there are other principles, including the international cooperation, the polluter pays principles, and the principle of state responsibility and compensation. Uh, although such kind of pollution damage has not happened before, but uh, we may take some similarities 
or the application of the previous principles to the accidents which may be caused by Japan's release of the contaminated nuclear water. Well, we know that the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency uh, Director, uh, Rafael Grossi, talked about the report prepared by the IAEA uh, on the Fukushima nuclear uh, you know, contaminated water discharge. And he said it's not an endorsement of the plan uh, to discharge the water into the ocean. But the Japanese government have certainly seemed to regard it as such, as a clean pass to discharge the water. Uh, so were the Japanese wrong to assume this? You know, what exactly was said in the report? You know, what is the legal base uh, of the report? Uh, or maybe any legitimacy it provides to the Japanese side to discharge the contaminated water into the mm -hmm. ocean? Well, first of all, this report, its documents, refer to the nature of recommendations and guidance, but are not binding in the source, in the sense of international law. And IEA was invited by Japan to conduct the relevant assessment and review, and the scope of its mandate was limited to the assessment of the sea discharge option. An IEA report cannot serve as a parse for Japan to discharge the nuclear contaminated water into the sea. And it does not prove that ocean discharge is the safest or best way to dispose the nuclear contaminated water. And secondly, the Tokyo Shinban report pointed out that the Japanese government had in the past paid large amounts of assessed contributions and other payments to the IEA, and that separate departments of the Japanese government had dispatched the personnel to the IEA. These factors may have an impact on IEA in its assessment of the safety of Japan's nuclear contaminated water discharge program. So to sum up, it is not a real report that can withstand the test of science and history, I think. Well, you know, recently the IEA said it's the first independent sampling and analysis of the seawater near the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant, you know, since the, the discharging started. Uh, it confirms that the tritium levels are below Japan's operational limit. And also IEA Director uh, Grossi uh, said the IEA as an international organization is qualified to monitor water discharging the Fukushima plant for the international community. Then, you know, the, Japanese, the Chinese side had responded with different opinions. You know, the, uh, for example, the foreign ministry spokesperson pointed out that the IEA Secretariat's so-called monitoring is neither mandated by the body's board of directors, uh, board of governors rather, nor fully discussed by member states. It's merely the Secretariat's technical consulting and support for Japan and is neither uh, international nor independent. So what do you make of these uh, you know, differences or different understanding here? Well, uh, Japan's discharge of the nuclear contaminated water into the ocean is an unprecedented move that bears on other countries' major interests and concerns. Actually, I definitely agree with the opinion from our Foreign Affairs Ministry that the IEA's, the, the report is only made by the Secretary's technical consulting and support. And also IEA has a new, unique, but not exclusive position in the global radioactive with the governance regime and IEA statute and other international law documents 
do not give IEA decision-making authority over the disposal of radioactive waste. And actually, some other important organizations, such as the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, Nuclear and Energy Agency, uh, OECD, NEA, and also the International Maritime Organization, IMO, or International Shipping, are all important relevant institutions. So although IEA has an important role to play in this field, it is doubtful whether IEA is qualified to monitor the water discharging from Fukushima plant for international community. Well, speak of doubts, uh, you know, one of, uh, you know, I would say the sources for people's concern comes from uh, this, uh, you know, the poor track record of TAPCO, uh, the Tokyo Electric Power Company. Uh, which is still undergoing, you know, civil litigation over the accidents in 2011 due to violations due, during construction and the crisis management, uh, as well as data fraud from years before. There have been at least 30 lawsuits against TAPCO and the Japanese government, you know, over their failure to prepare for such a disaster, which they apparently had been warned about for years. So what more do we know about their role in the disaster? You know, what has been the result of the civil suits against the TAPCO? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, what Japan does contravenes its international moral responsibility and obligations under the international law. The disposal of nuclear contaminated water from TAPCO is closely related to the global marine environment and the public health. Therefore, TEPCO is not qualified to be the planner and executor of the entire nuclear contaminated water management. Due to its limited mandate, the IEA actually failed to reveal the justification and legitimacy of Japan's ocean discharge plan and says the long-term effectiveness of Japan's purification facility and uh, corroborate the authenticity and accuracy of Japan's nuclear contaminated water data. Besides, state sovereignty cannot validate international norms or the common will of the international community. So there should be a consensus on Japan's nuclear contaminated water discharging arrangement reached by affected neighboring countries after sufficient consultation. With that, we come to the end of today's discussion. Many thanks to our guests. You can also find us on the CGTN app or on YouTube. I'm Xu Qinduo. Thanks for being with us. See you next time. With a history of 5,000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, all the magpies fly up to heaven and form a bridge so many amazing worlds to discover. I want a new palace, said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folktales retold for audiences today. Will, will you marry me? He asked. And with little hesitation, she said, <laughs> Yes. 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folktales. My father must not go to war. Someone must take his place. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3 wherever you discover your favorite podcasts.